0: Good afternoon, and welcome into Access Health Radio. I'm Brennan Dixon, along with the host of the show, Dr. Brian Force, the president and founder of Access Healthcare. Of course, on this show, we'd like to cover various health topics and help you to be a better informed health consumer. And this week's show is on direct primary care. So, what is it, and why do patients want it?
1: Welcome to Access Health Radio. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we're going to be talking about direct primary care and how it can save you money and improve your satisfaction with health care on Access Health Radio.
0: As always, we have
1: some wonderful companies that help support our
0: program, and we'd like to acknowledge those now.
1: Thanks to Marley Drug and Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic medications directly uh, to your home with free shipping at costs that are often much lower than even the big box pharmacies. Check them out at MarleyDrug.com.
0: And if you'd like to ask Dr. Force questions or if you'd want more information after the show, want to find out about the practice and where they can find it, uh, Dr. Force, where do we need to go?
1: If listeners want to send general non-emergent questions and possibly have their question answered on the show, they can go to our website at accesshealthradio.com. They can also like our page on Facebook at Access Health, or they can send email to accesshealthradio at gmail.com with their contact information. Also, if they would like information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, they can go to acchealth, that's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com. And after the show, uh, listeners can also go to WPTF.com and listen to an on-demand podcast of the show, or they can go to our landing page at accesshealthradio.com and they'll see a link there uh, back to the WPTF uh, podcast.
0: People might not know this, but you were the first, Dr. Force, direct primary care family practice in the country. So can you tell our listeners what direct primary care is and why you went into this model?
1: Well, Brandon, when I was working in a clinic in Winston-Salem about 18 years ago, I realized that something was really wrong with the way patients were being treated in primary care offices. They had long waits, very rushed, short visits, and the doctor had to spend more time on making sure that all the right boxes were checked for insurance then they had to actually spend answering patient questions or talking with them about ways to make them as healthy as possible. Instead, the only way for doctors to get through such a busy schedule was to just refill medications and send people out the door. Practice managers often force physicians to see many more patients per day than they really should because it was the only way to keep the practice in business. And I really had a, a crisis of conscience because I wanted to provide better customer service, I wanted to be able to spend more time with my patients, And I wanted to be able to focus on what they needed and their care rather than what the insurance company wanted me to do. I've always wanted to take as good of care of my patients as I would my own family, and the traditional fee-for-service system just did not allow me to do that. Instead of focusing on what the patient needed, we were forced to focus on what the insurance company wanted to get paid. Often there was a real conflict of interest there. I also saw that patients without insurance often got charged more instead of getting a discount. Apparently, our insurance contracts at the time uh, required us to actually charge more to somebody who came in with no insurance than someone that actually had it. This seemed backwards to me, and I wanted to give uninsured and patients with less money a way they could afford primary care. And my initial goal was actually to create a practice specifically for those people where I could feel like I could provide them the best ethical care possible, even if I made less money. I took the idea of a gym membership and the idea of what is called a micro practice and combined the two to create what has come to be known as direct primary care. And I've not taken a single penny from an insurance company in 16 years, and all of my patients or their employers just pay for a membership, which allows them to be seen at our office anytime they want. Uh, And this fee is less than $50 a month, and we do not charge members for EKGs, cholesterol tests, pap smears, hemoglobin A1C, thyroid panels, or almost anything else that they need for routine care, including EKGs. And we're able to schedule hour-long visits and offer same-day appointments since we only schedule eight people per day. I love practicing this way, and I think the best way to understand it is just to think about a gym membership for healthcare. When you go in the gym, they don't charge extra for each time you lift a dumbbell or each time you walk on the treadmill. Yet the insanity of primary care is we have somebody follow you around with a clipboard, charge for every little thing, Uh, And then the cost of having that person do that actually costs more than a month of a gym membership. Uh, So what we did is just bypass that and made it very similar to that model. So today on the show, we have a guest uh, that I'd like to introduce who is very familiar with direct primary care. And I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about herself and about her experience with direct primary care. Her name is Catherine Restrepo. Catherine.
2: Hi, thanks for having me, Dr. Forrest. Uh, Yes, so... Um, what I do is I'm a, I'm a healthcare policy director at the John Locke Foundation, and, and we are a nonprofit state-based think tank um, two blocks away from Jones Street where the legislature is, and all the lawmakers debate policy issues back and forth all day when they're in session. And, and when you look at healthcare, you know, everybody focuses on how can we reduce the number of uninsured? And out of all the policy issues I study, there's so much regulatory intervention, government intervention in health care. And when I found out about direct primary care, um, you know, this is a great way to promote better access to health care.
0: All right, well, you know what that sound means? It means it's time for the Access Health
1: Radio Tip of the Week. So many people spend more than $7,000 per year on their out-of-pocket health care cost. Did you know that the average direct primary care patient spends less than $1,000 on their primary care services for an entire year and can combine that with a less expensive health plan since they've taken care of the primary care component. With a health plan like Metashare, Samaritan, or Liberty, Liberty Share, they could save over $4,000 per year on total out of pocket costs for health care. Direct primary care even eliminates copays and helps reduce medication costs as well.
0: Coming up, we'll be talking with Catherine Moore about her experience with direct primary care and how she thinks it can revolutionize health care. Also, Dr. Forrest will share some amazing direct primary care statistics and also have the Access Health Trivia of the Week. Welcome back to Access Health Radio here on News Radio 680 WPTF. I'm Brennan Dixon along with Dr. Brian Force and, of course, our guest today, Catherine Restrepo. And uh, as always, we want to make sure to mention our website and also our Facebook page, too. You can go to accesshealthradio.com for more information or, as Dr. Force had mentioned earlier, any questions that you have, make sure to post them on there. Or you can go to our Facebook page, Access Health Radio, for more.
1: So, Catherine, I've really uh, enjoyed over the last couple of years reading many of your articles on direct primary care. Uh, I've read those in publications like Forbes and, and lots of others. Uh, can you tell our listeners about why you think this model is really a free market solution to health care reform and also why even yourself have become a direct primary care patient and what you think this means for consumers?
2: Sure. Well, I think the the biggest problem that a lot of patients are facing now is access. Access to affordable health care and not just getting access to schedule an appointment with their doctor, but having enough time in their physician's office to address all of their primary care needs. And I think that when when all, with all of the issues that I look at with health care policy, I think at the national level, we've seen all these shortcomings with um, Congress trying to pass meaningful health reform that's more of a free market or market-oriented solution or give states more flexibility in how they want to design health insurance and their insurance markets. But I think... at that dialogue focuses too much on insurance and insurance is important, but it doesn't talk enough about access to healthcare. And I think that the media and and other people and politicians interchange access and insurance, healthcare access and health insurance so much, but they're in fact two completely different concepts. And um, I I first learned about direct primary care a couple of years ago when I went to a health policy round table in Oklahoma city and in Oklahoma city, there's uh, a, a, a hospital or an outpatient surgery center called the Surgery Center of Oklahoma. And Dr. Keith Smith, he's the anesthesiologist there. He's their spokesperson, too, or their loan administrator, because they really pride themselves on not having any admin personnel there. <laughs> it's a completely cash based surgery center. And no matter what your health status is, no matter what your healthcare complications are, you have one bill at the end of the day for your outpatient surgery. And it's so cost effective. And because there's more price transparency in healthcare, um, I mean, they're taking businesses away from hospitals all over the country or hospitals five miles down the road simply because patients and employers who are paying for their patients' health care, they don't know what health care costs. And so we learned about it from the specialty surgical level, and then that's how we got into it with direct primary care, how, how health care can be pre- price transparent, and affordable at the primary care level.
1: Yeah, so you mentioned that model uh, at Surgery Center of Oklahoma and I think one of the things that really does I mean the public has asked for price transparency in healthcare. I mean, when you go to your physician, you never know what the bill might be, uh, even even at a practice if you've got a copay, because you may have certain tests that aren't covered. You may have certain itemized things that your insurance covers at a different rate. And so you're never quite sure what your bill's going to be. So I think the price transparency mm-hmm. they have there is terrific. I've actually had some of our own patients who needed surgery who we've sort of sent out there. And, and the cool thing is, as I understand it, don't they actually – post their prices for start to finish for a procedure online so you can actually see exactly what the bill is going to be before you even go?
2: Yes, they do. I mean, you can click on any body part online and it <laughs> will show you what what the cost of an ACL repair reconstruction is or what a hip replacement is. It's amazing. It's amazing.
1: And, and what do you think about the national health care reform implications uh, that direct primary care has I mean it's not it's not being forced by the government or by insurance companies mm-hmm. this is really a grassroots uh, evolution of health care that's being implemented mostly by private physicians what what impact do you think that can have Mm -hmm. uh for health care and for cost of health care if we give better access and more affordable access to primary care for practices
2: oh sure well i think this whole this whole movement at a grassroots level just goes to show that with all this gridlock in washington i mean even a single party can agree on what meaningful health care reform in their eyes should be it just goes to show that states are so much more nimble and flexible especially when you're working from the ground up i mean doctors themselves are saying okay you know I, I'm so tired of having the government intervene in the way I practice medicine, how they regulate insurance companies to tell me how I want to practice medicine. You know, I want to spend more time with my patients, and I'm just going to do a market-oriented, a free market solution and, and be able to work directly for my patients and not for insurance companies or for government payers who end up either rationing care or are short-changing patients in many other ways.
1: And could you tell us a little bit more personal detail about how, after you got so excited about this model, that you decided to sort of put your money where your mouth is?
2: (laughs) Yes, yes. So I am actually, uh, full disclosure, I am a direct care patient. Um, My direct care physician's located in in North Raleigh. Her name's Dr. Amy Walsh. And for $50 a month, I have around-the-clock access to her. Um, There have been instances where I felt like I've been coming down with a virus or an infection and I've emailed her and she's gotten back to me within 10 minutes. I've had a case where she came by my work and actually dropped my prescription medication off for me before her office was closing in the afternoon. So, I mean, those are just a couple of ways where this is so convenient. And I think this resonates with with all age groups, really. Um, But especially for my generation, the millennial generation, I think more and more younger people will get it that, people don't want to wait for healthcare. They don't want to wait, what is it, like an average 19 days now to be seen by a family physician, then you spend, you know, 7 to 10 minutes with them. I mean, compare that to 30-plus minutes in a direct care office. And... um, you know, millennials, they don't want to wait, like I said, and they want that instant access, they want that instant communication with somebody. We're so wired into technology and our mobile cell phones now. I mean, it seems foreign if you have to wait for 30 plus (laughs) minutes to see somebody for 10. And so I think that this will really pick up um, as my generation gets older.
1: Yeah, I think one of the biggest miscalculations I made when I opened my practice in Apex was the size of the waiting room because I assumed it was about the same size as other doctors waiting room. But the truth is, in direct primary care, people don't wait that much. Uh, people have told me before that uh, it sort of reverses the, the model, and that instead of waiting for 50 minutes and being seen for five, they can wait for five and be seen for 50. Uh, and patients really appreciate that. And you brought up a great point about access and the ability for people to get in. And the truth is, you know, if you're in a traditional fee-for-service model, you just have to be running on that treadmill all day and you don't even really have time to think about the patient that's sitting in front of you, especially after you check all of the boxes you have to for insurance. And so one of the things that direct primary care does, and one of the things I love about it the most, is it gives me that freedom and that luxury of time. And by being able to schedule a patient once an hour, you know, I might be done. We might be done. The patient might be ready to leave after 45 minutes. But if one of my patients who has sprained an ankle walks in, let's say at 830, and I'm still with my 8.48 in the morning patient, by 8.45, I can see that person for their ankle sprain, get them taken care of, not at an urgent care or not at an emergency room where the care would be much more expensive, but by their physician who knows them really well, knows their allergies and everything else, all in the same day and with a much shorter wait time than they would even have at one of the urgent cares. So do you think that going forward, you kind of mentioned this, that you think this is a wave of the future? Do you see, based on your research, uh, with the Lock Foundation, that a lot more practices are going to be adopting this in the near future.
2: I absolutely, I do think that, and I think a big part of making this. Um making more residents and medical students who are interested in medicine about this aware about this model is somehow ingraining this in medical school curriculums or residency programs. I mean, I know there are some organizations out there like the Benjamin Rush Institute that really focuses on educating medical students about this model and that, you know, there's another way to practice medicine. And, and when you look at the primary care physician shortage out there, this is definitely a way to rekindle the appeal of more physicians or more, more residents going back into family medicine for sure.
1: That's a great point you made. I, you know, I, I teach some medical students in my practice and one of the most rewarding things that happens to me in my office is when I have a medical student from, from UNC or from ECU rotated the office who said they always wanted to be a primary care physician, but basically got to medical school and felt like they couldn't afford to do it. And so they were thinking about specialties like anesthesiology. And I had one guy in particular who said he'd always wanted to be a family doc in his hometown got to medical school didn't feel like he could and after spending a month rotating with me he said absolutely i'm doing family medicine and we just had a record match this past year in family medicine And if you ask medical students why do you want to do primary care about one in ten will say because of the direct primary care model
0: coming up we'll go back over the key points about direct primary care and we'll also have access health radio's trivia of the week Welcome back to Access Health Radio. I'm Brandon Dixon, along with Dr. Brian Forrest and Catherine Restrepo. And
1: Dr. Forrest, I'll turn it back on over to you. So the doctor's boss in direct primary care is the patient. And if you think about it, a lot of times the doctor's boss is an insurance company or a hospital system. Uh, but in direct primary care, you know, you're really answering to your patient. So, what do you think direct primary care can accomplish in terms of sort of improving that physician-patient relationship mm-hmm. and getting back to the days of like Marcus Welby?
2: Sure. Well, when you again, when you don't contract with insurance companies, I mean. Well, I mean, studies have shown that this reduces the overall overhead by at least 40% for physicians who are practicing this model because they have, I mean, they can just practice in a much smaller space and you don't need to hire insurance billing personnel. I mean, I think the ratio is one for every physician now in a traditional primary care practice, you have four or five people working um, that are submitting billing codes and prior authorizations and all of that stuff.
0: Time now for one of our favorite segments, that's the Access Health Radio Trivia of the
1: Week. So, Brandon, this uh, trivia this week are basically statistics that most people would be just amazed to know. So, direct primary care has been shown to reduce hospitalization rates of patients by 60% and cut down on people having to go to the emergency room by 65%. Uh, And the increased availability of DPC docs and the more time they have with patients to optimize their care has also been shown to improve outcomes for chronic diseases like high blood pressure, diabetes, and even heart disease. By some estimates, the average cost for this care is 80% less than in the traditional fee-for-service model for people that don't have insurance or have really high deductibles.
0: So, Dr. Forrest, walk us through the keys to remember for today's show.
1: So first, direct primary care is a relatively new practice model It makes physicians work for their patients rather than for insurance companies. It allows more time with patients, same-day appointments, shorter wait times, and has been shown to have high levels of customer and patient satisfaction. Some people get direct primary care confused with concierge medicine. Uh, They are not the same thing. Concierge practices will typically charge over $100 per month for similar levels of care, but they also bill insurance on top of the monthly fee. Uh, most of my patients have insurance or Medicare and often find that it's less expensive than going to a practice that actually files their insurance. Lastly, do you want a physician that works for you in your best interest, or do you want a physician that is pressured by insurance companies to prescribe certain medicines and treatments for you? In direct primary care, physicians have realized they cannot serve two masters, and it is better to serve the patient. And now time for today's show wrap-up. So this concludes our show for this week, and hopefully you will be able to use this information to be a more informed healthcare consumer. Our scripture of the week comes from Matthew 624. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Uh, You cannot serve God and money. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show, and we look forward to, to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.
0: All right, well you can join us next week as Dr. Force will be discussing specific ways to cut your medication bills by as much as $100 per month. You're on Access Health Radio.